It's mostly cloudy and three degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. The 20-year-old woman who was injured in a pedestrian collision that sent her child to hospital and killed her boyfriend had just recently lost her little sister in a car crash. Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports. 21-year-old Blade Crow died on Thursday after being struck by an SUV in southwest Calgary. His girlfriend Aaliyah and her one-year-old daughter were seriously injured. Lorna Pantherbone remembers her son Blade as a caring young man and a hard worker who just got his first apartment just blocks away from where he was killed. She says just over a year ago, Aaliyah and her little sister were in a car crash near Jasper. Aaliyah suffered serious injuries and her 16-year-old sister was killed. Lorna says she spoke with Aaliyah on Saturday. She said both mom and baby are recovering. As she grieves the death of her son, Pantherbone has assured his injured girlfriend she will look after her and her baby on their long road to recovery. A GoFundMe has been set up for Blade Crow's family. A vigil will be held at the crash site near Chinook Center on Sunday night. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. The City of Calgary is committing $2.5 million towards a new home for the National Access Arts Centre, Canada's largest and oldest disability arts organization. The Arts Centre has faced continuous struggles with its facility following the collapse of the adjoining Fairview Arena four years ago. The City's $2.5 million commitment will see the revitalization of the former Scouts Canada building, located on 2140 Brown Sea Drive Northeast. CEO of the National Access Art Centre, Jung Suk, says the organization is excited about this big step. He says the past three years have seen tremendous challenges that have impacted their community of more than 300 artists living with disabilities. Work on the new facility begins this spring with occupancy to take place late 2021 or early 2022. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden are set to meet face-to-face. Sort of. They'll hold a virtual meeting on Tuesday, a little over a month since Biden was sworn in. Trudeau's office says the leaders intend to discuss shared priorities as well as efforts to address the global COVID-19 pandemic. Some bones of contention include Biden's cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline and a stated intention to pursue Buy American policies. A Calgary Flames player is teaming up with a charity to help keep kids from being separated from their pets. Parachutes for Pets, which provides subsidized pet care, including food hampers and medical treatment for low-income residents, has seen demand jump from 25 per month to over 600 this year. Michael Backland has helped the charity before, but beginning in April will advocate for Lily's legacy, named after his dog, who died earlier this year. I felt so thankful and uh, excited and proud that she wanted to do it, that we jumped on it right away um, and said yes. Uh, we thought it would be a great idea to do something, good, do something good in our little princess name. Charity founder Melissa David says the idea will be for people to pay for a hamper and other needs such as veterinary care and licensing fees until the individual is able to do so in the future.
And an online petition is asking for Canada's largest Indigenous language group to be added to the Google Translate app. There are more than 96,000 Cree speakers, according to a 2016 count from Statistics Canada. The petition notes that the Maori language of the New Zealand Aboriginal people, with about 50,000 speakers, is already available on the app. Taking a look at sports, another loss for the Flames in last night's game against Edmonton. The Oilers defeated Calgary 7-1. Tomorrow, Calgary plays Toronto at 5. It's 3 degrees at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And we are enjoying a bit of a Chinook coming in. Yesterday was gorgeous with that sun just shining so bright. It just, I don't know, that makes all the difference for me when you're outside. You kind of forget about everything that's going on. That sun hits your face and getting lots of that vitamin D, which is uh, very important. It's Mother's Nature's way of helping us get through all this and uh, get up your immune system with that. So get out and absorb some of that sunshine today and lots of gardeners wrote yesterday so it was great to see in the garden center actually i did some repotting myself as well uh at a monstera that's who's been in the same pot for way too long and i was kind of uh procrastinating let's put it that way i thought it was going to be a lot harder to get out of the pot than it was but actually i end up this it was in this tall cylinder pot, and I thought it was going to be narrow and wider, and I thought it would be a real pain to get out. So I kind of didn't want I thought I was going to have to bust the pot to get this out. But anyways, I just uh, grabbed the top of it and <laughs> it pulled out just like uh, it was awesome. So it was nice and easy. I So I, I bought a couple new pots from the store and uh, got some great white pots. And it's amazing how white pots – I know we got so many in stock and it's it's great and just how nice they are. Like it's kind of weird. Four or five years ago, I couldn't give away a white pot, and and now I can't keep white pots in, and everyone just loves them. I guess they go with everything and with some of the decor. I know we have gray walls in my house, and and the white pots just just pop really nice, and it's just a just kind of a nice modern, or it goes with rustic, and so anyways, we got lots and lots of pots and just got word that our containers um, from the Orient will be coming. We have uh, two containers of uh, great quality, like frost resistant clay pots coming in. These are the ones from outdoor and typically we, we get them from Asia, typically Vietnam. And it's just because they just produce a much better pot that can withstand our frost um, we stay away from some of the Mexican clay and some of the stuff and it just, and, and getting the right thickness of pottery. So we've had some factories that we've worked with over the years and, and, uh, so very excited to, to finally get those on the water. I know everybody's struggling with that right now. Just hopefully we can get into the port into Vancouver. And, uh, so we're looking at about a March 13th arrival. They say March 14th, something in that area. And uh, just before spring, we are only, what, 27 days, something like that, roughly, till the first day of spring. Hard to believe that it's finally coming and and looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully if you're, if you're into gardening, 
we did get a whole bunch of new these Alho uh, garden stand pots. Um, they're like a mini uh, garden, I guess. Not quite as big as those big raised cedar ones that typically you'll see outside. These ones are a little bit smaller, and you can get into them with the legs and the trough and the lid, the little greenhouse lid on top for under 100 bucks. So I know Zoe worked hard on getting that order. That was a another part of it. We belong to a garden center co-op. It's a group of garden centers across Canada. And we and it helps us um, get price things and different selections and be able to do some some better buying so we can get the good selections for everybody helps us buy like a bigger box store in some cases and, uh, and brings it into us and just, just opens up a lot of doors for us. So it's kind of nice. We have a whole group. There's 35 garden centers across Canada and it really gives us insight to what's going on. Lots of message boards going back. We talk back and forth. And so it's just nice to have people in the same industry that you get to talk to and uh, and uh, see what's going on in other parts of the of the area because we what we see typically in Ontario or even into Vancouver is <coughs> excuse me and it's usually three or four weeks ahead of us so they kind of say hey be be ready this is coming crazy at you so um, again we're seeing it already um, lots of people into gardening. We got lots and lots of seeds. All our fall, all our spring bulbs. Most of them just arrived. I know all the. I think all the begonias and some of the other stuff arrived. So um, it was good. Drove out to Vancouver last week to see some of our growers, and uh, so that was really good to see. We just confirming some of our hanging basket mixes. I just wanted to check on our plants. So we walked through some of our greenhouses out there. And some of the areas, some of our nurseries as well, just to, to ensure everything's looking good and secure the crops that we want. To, so first thing in the spring, we'll have everything you're looking for. So we are working hard in the off-season to ensure that you will be getting hopefully everything you're looking for here in our garden season. And it is nice, the, the varieties of plants have evolved over the last few years which is kind of nice we're starting to see some hydrangeas last few years and now we're starting to see a few different ones like they're they're pushing the envelope on that a bit so and this should be a good year if you planted any of those last year with the snow cover that we've had this year i think it's going to be really beneficial to a lot of um the trees and shrubs that we planted last fall or last summer um, they got to stay frozen, good good ground cover, and then when this snow melts slowly, it's going to be nice. It'll just go right into the ground. The only thing I would really check, if you have any smaller fruit trees, things like that, I would go outside, pull the snow away from the trunk, and just to ensure the mice aren't underneath there chewing the bark off the trunk of your trees. They love doing that, and they use the snow like a, like a little car parkade, I always say. They kind of just twirl around the trunk, and there no predators can see them because they're underneath the snow. So our hawks and owls and all the things that usually help us um, cannot help at all with that because they can't see them. So I, if you planted some new trees, especially if you're in the new areas, because um, we when we broke ground, we, we, we invaded the 
all the space of the mice and things like that. So just just go out there and pull that snow away from the trunk of your deciduous trees. They typically don't go after the spruce and things like that. Um, porcupines will. But the mice just love going after those tender little apple trees and your little willows. Swedish call them their aspens, and they just chew the bark right off, and that will kill the tree. So just if you if you have planted some new things, it's a good time to get out there and just pull that snow out sort of six to eight inches away just so you can see what's going on down there. And even if you need to put a mouse trap or something down there, just to help save your trees or, or wrap them with something um, would be great. And uh, just to ensure that they're they're not going to get uh, any of that uh, mouse damage, which is once you, once it's chewed off, it's really hard to cure. <laughs> Here, I got a quick text. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open: four zero three nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. Those are the talk and text line. Got a quick text right here. As you can see, the amaris finally bloomed, and now it is done. How do I save it for next year? So what you got to do is just, just let it continue to grow for, uh, I don't know, four to six weeks, something like that. It'll, it'll start spitting out some leaves and things like that. And mine was really late, too. It just finished. I know we cut off the last couple of blooms and just have them sitting in a vase. Um, but it took a long time. We had, the, we had just the bulb without the soil. and. Uh, but it did take a lot longer this year for some reason. But then what you want to do is also at this time, once it's done blooming, is feed it with some 15-30-15. You want to build up the phosphate in the in the soil, and then that goes into the bulb. So um, water, water in a couple of times with 15-30-15. Um, like just let it dry out, then water, and then give it some fertilizer a couple of times in the next four to six weeks. And then after that, you just let it dry out like once you see a bunch of leaves going and let it grow like that for a house plant like i said for a few weeks and then just shut it down just stop watering and it'll slowly die back once everything shrivels up what you want to do is just cut all that foliage off and then just put your bulb into a cool dark place into a box or if you have some cocoa moss or peat moss or something like that or even just some of the potting soil like the soilless mix but make sure you put it in a cool dark place and just store it there till next uh, October, November, December, whenever you want to pull it up. And uh, and then you can get it blooming again that way. So that should work out for you. And I think I'm just going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I think Jen's going to give us a shout from down at the Greenhouse. I know they got a bunch of nice new plants in. And uh, we can get some wasabi, I think. I've seen that in, so... Let's find out what we're going to do with that kind of stuff. We'll talk to Jen. But right now, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered Right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Jen. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. That's Tropical good. Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. It felt. Uh, it feels pretty nice in there right now. You got lots of lots of neat plants that just came in, and mm-hmm. uh, so 
One one that got me curious when I read the name, the wasabi. Like I always love a little wasabi when I have my sushi and stuff like that. So <laughs> is that the same stuff? I think I asked this. I don't know if I asked this last time, but is it the same stuff? Yeah, we. I think we did talk about it last week. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's the paste that you can make from the stem. Is yeah. uh, is how you do it, and I don't, I haven't tried it yet, but maybe we could do some sort of a cooking class or something in here, Morel. Yeah, we should some wasabi, yeah. Yeah, once they once they uh, open it up a bit more, and we can able to do some of that, we'll definitely do some some a few little courses, and and those are the fun ones when you can do food. I know I I did a one quite a few years ago. Um, we did a a TV thing for Telus, and. Uh, and I was, we did, we grew a bunch of veggies and, and then we used it and we cooked some steak and stuff with the, nice. with, with the, with the herbs and different stuff. Man, it was so good. And nice. I'll, and I'll like, I ended up doing on this crappy little barbecue I had down at the campground. <laughs> and it was honestly the best steak I ever cooked. And, and to think I could try to do that again, like, I yeah. don't know why, I don't know what it was. Yeah. The it was the environment this, too, right? Hey, I think yeah. some of that. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. It couldn't have turned out any better. And I cooked this thing, and we we're like, "Wow, I could be like Emerald or something eh? instead of Merle." <laughs> like, bam! Hey, jeez, what am I doing gardening? I forgot all cooking. About that. <laughs> Old Emerald. Oh, hey, yeah. All right. So, okay, yeah. But, so the, the but a lot of that stuff, the flavors come from the garden, though, right? Like mm-hmm. in our kitchen, and and the more of that we can do, and we're seeing lots of people. Um, growing different things. So do you, oh my gosh, yeah. what about herbs and stuff? Do you got any of those? Yeah, we've got some herbs in. I think we'll slowly be getting in some more, but we have some flat leafed and curly parsley. I know we have some chamomile left. Um, we sold out of the rosemary, but I think we're going to be bringing more of that in. Um, so we're just getting started on the herbs for sure. And they yeah, are moving and, because like you said, right? Yeah. And you can do the basil direct seed. It's too cool still for us to ship it. Um, uh, our growers, and when we chatted with them when we were in Vancouver too, we were asking, "Is can we start shipping basil?" It's just in the truck and in between. Mm. Um, the basil will it wilts really quite easy, so they just they said, "Let's just wait a few more weeks, couple more weeks, and then we'll start shipping basil." It's awesome. just uh, just the temperature. Basil's finicky, but it's it's a real easy one to direct seed. So what you do is just get your four inch pot. And then to sprinkle your seeds on top of your four-inch pot right into the soil. Mm-hmm. And then just sort of pack it down a bit and uh, bury the seeds a little in this water. And it'll just seed right – you can just direct seed right right into the pot. So, And uh, it's a very easy process to do. So That's the coolest. And actually, um, if anybody comes down as well today, Chris has been working hard at kind of – um, showing how some of our products work that way with seeds, and so she's got a lot of stuff kind of started and um, and getting ready to go. So it's it's yeah. cool, and some stuff has come up already. I think Sue's Sue's did some of that as well. So yeah, it's super neat to watch those seeds do. Yeah, their they're thing. they're doing the uh, Chris wanted to try the seed tape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some things and the seed tape's great. It's not it, it you don't need it for every variety of seeds, but you got some of those smaller seeds, and if you just want the right spacing. It just saves a lot of seeds. You're not wasting it, like carrots and things yeah. like that because it, it spaces out. Because otherwise, when you seed it yourself, you end up pulling out half the stuff when you thin it out, right? So It's more work for sure. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. Absolutely. So the seeds, the herbs, what else did we get? Um, I don't know how much product you want to talk about. We got, But we have a bunch of um, 
sorry, not live product is what I meant. We have a bunch of um, begonia bulbs as well that we got in, which is awesome. I saw, I pulled some up here too, because I think one of the more popular ones is that the splendid ballerina, um, which is really pretty. It's kind of got a multitude of, of uh, colors in there, but yeah, we have the begonia bulbs in several to choose from, which is cool. Oh, nice. Yep, I saw you in here shopping because we had talked about that uh, that silver sword as well, the philodendron. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't resist it. I kept looking at that thing, and I go, "It just it looks it has the skin of a shark. Like yeah. it looks like it." And what what's it called again? A the silver, silver fin? sword. Yeah, silver, silver sword. sword. Yeah, yeah, Isn't but it, cool? it looks like a shark. Yeah, yeah. no, I yeah. and I put it into a white pot. I was mentioning earlier. Um, so I, when I transplanted that one at work and then when I got home, I had my big split leaf and I thought I was going to have to bust it out of the pot. No, no, and it actually, no, I just pulled it from the top and it just popped right out. Like, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Good. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. So good job on that. Cause I, I like the, the pot that you chose is nice too. Cause it wasn't just that it was white, but it also had some texture to it. So, cause we have some yeah. really, really, really cool pots in, um, and I, I know you're going to have to go to break soon, too. But before I forget, we also have our lemons and limes back. Um, so we have Meyer lemons in store right now. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of people asking about that. So, mm -hmm. And when we were in Vancouver, we actually got to meet a couple of the growers that uh, that bring in the lemons and grow them on. So that was kind of fun this past week as well. So we got to see some of that stuff going on out there Yeah, and uh, and toured some of our growers. So what other kind of fun little stuff, any, any rare stuff that people are looking for right now? We still have some string of hearts left and I know people have been looking for that. Um, some of the burrows tails have been really, really popular right now. And we had some, I think we have a few left in the three inch pots and then also in hanging baskets, but those have been, People have been eyeballing those ones that are, but in terms of um, unusual, we have the Moon Valley Pilea, which it's been getting a lot of attention. It's got a really neat textured leaf, has a really cool, really subtle, interesting um, bloom, and one of them is doing that right now, actually. So that's a nice four-inch one that's unique, and people are putting those in terrariums and, and stuff, and it's getting some attention. Okay. Yeah. Um what other one was I going to say? Uh, we have something, and I think it's going to come in. It, we, I th I'm pretty sure we got it. String of turtles. I think we got a bunch of those coming. Oh. I'm pretty sure we got them. So. All right. All right. So That's exciting. You heard it here first on Let's Talk Gardening. <laughs> now we got to pull through, Merle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to drive out there. If they don't send them, I'm driving out there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's in. on you. It's on you. Yeah. Well, we were, we were going to bring a bunch back in my truck. Oh, um, really? But they, they ensured us that they, were, they would have some for us on the next avail. Um, oh. So <clears throat> so those are kind of things why we go out there. Okay. To to let them know we're serious and and sort of create that relationship with, with our growers and things like that. And because mm -hmm. you get caught up in this COVID stuff, right? You lose track of who's who. And sure. so I, I like to, I'm still a old style sort of, you got to have that relationship. So That's important. it's, it's, it is, but yeah. thanks, Jen. I got to go. I'm right at the end here. I got my, uh, I got to take a break. So thanks again. And we'll chat next week <laughs> and I'll see you probably later this afternoon. You bet. Thanks, Merle. Thanks, Jen. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And that was Jen for, uh, she's always lets us know what's going on down in the greenhouse at Spruce It Up. But right now I'm going to take a break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Mostly cloudy and 3 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Calgary police are investigating the suspicious death of a man whose body was found in the parking lot of the Massage restaurant along McLeod Trail Friday night. Anyone with information is asked to come forward. 380 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in the province yesterday with an additional seven deaths. 336 people with the virus are in hospital, including 51 in ICUs. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden are expected to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic and the close economic ties between both countries as they meet virtually this week. It'll be the first face-to-face meeting of the two leaders, although they had a lengthy phone call days after Biden was sworn in. Today's high 8 degrees, conditions clearing in the afternoon, dropping to a low of 2 degrees tonight and clear tomorrow plus 5 with a chance of showers. It's 3 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text line. Got a text here. What should I do with this monster? Can I cut it down and how? Thanks. It is a big chefalera, and it is bouncing off the ceiling, one big long stalk. So it is actually quite easy to, to, to prune this back. So I would just go just above where the green is ending. If you go all the way down the stalk, you'll see where it's brown, and then there's still some green. I would just cut it above one of those nodes. And if you just cut that off, and then I would I would try to start to root a couple of the other, like the one that you cut off, if you're cutting off, say, two feet off the top. If you cut that in half again, so you'll have two one-foot pieces, I would stick those <clears throat> right into, into a pot of soil, like a six- or eight-inch pot, and, and keep it a little bit moist just to get them to root and uh and then those should start and then you could even plant them into the same pot and then you'll have sort of a three stem chefalera instead of just the one chef one stem but once once you cut that um two or three feet off the top of that you will it'll send out a few branches from that point and uh and then that should um, look after it. I can't totally see how big the pot is behind the table, but it also might need a, a transplant at the same time, which will be good. So if you if you get those other two sections rooted, you could add those um, to the new pot, and uh, and then that will give you a gorgeous looking pot. Looks very healthy. Like it's just too bad you didn't have uh, fifteen foot ceilings, and then <laughs> you could just keep it going. But you could go. You could just take a foot off, and it'll branch out. But I think I'd go down a little bit more, just like sort of just above the height of the sofa there, sort of six inches above that, um, sort of at the bottom height of the picture frame, um, just sort of giving you some guidance because I can't see everything in your house there. So just trying to sort of give you some guidance on where I would cut it back and uh, just do a nice straight cut across there. And, and then, like I said, cut that section into two and stick those into soil. And then that should give you and we're going to run into a lot of this, and I know our Prune It Up crew has done 
um, a bunch of tropical pruning for people. We've gone to their house and trimmed up their larger trees and, and things like that. We're, we're going to get a lot of that coming up with all the the plants and people are growing. Um, it, it, the The next part is going to be the maintenance and, and looking after them and and similar to what I had to do is transplant my monstera because the leaves were really quite small. Because and that'll tell you that it's time to transplant something as well. Like usually monstera leaves should be a foot to two feet wide, um, and mine were only six to eight inches. And it was just it needed more roots and more soil. So so by transplanting it, I should start seeing a big difference in my monstera. And right now is a good time to transplant because the days are getting longer and it's not totally hot. They're not going to get totally stressed out. So when you transplant them, they're not going to get inundated. Like it's not going to be plus 30 or anything like that. So you'll be fine that way. So, and right now is probably a really good time to start looking at some of your seeds that you want to get going. We're heading into March, sort of this last week. So once you get into March, you, you get pretty safe to start quite a few of the seeds without without them getting too long before they get stretched out on you and things like that. But uh, you'll find they'll germinate way quicker in March than they would have in January, and you're going to get a lot better success rate with your seed. So much, much better way of doing it. So, And again, where I'm at for time, I got a fair little bit of time left before the next break. But if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk and text line. So if you have any questions, by all means. So a couple other things that we're looking at doing. Actually, I'm doing a, a chat with the Cochrane Horticultural Society this Thursday coming up. It's going to be a Zoom meeting, and I'm going to talk about extending the season and starting your season a little bit earlier. So some of the things, we have these uh, little hoop houses. They look like a <laughs> like a croquet set that you put some netting or, or white um, frost cloth over top. And then that really helps warm up the rows of seeds. So that's probably one of the best things you can do if you're looking to get out in the garden a little bit sooner. You can you can start warming the soil up, and uh, and that really makes a big big difference. Even putting some some poly over some of the areas that you're looking to garden, and and you can do that. And starting the stuff inside, it's but it is hard in Calgary too. When we get that real cold, it, it's tough. Um, and again, other garden centers I know down in the east and down in in the U.S. right now they just got hit with all that cold, and they don't have the same infrastructure like our garden centers here. We went through and it's minus thirty, minus thirty five, and it gets a little chilly in the greenhouse. But for the most part, we can handle it. And down there, they get even the minus fifteen, minus twenty, and a bit of snow. They're just not set up for it, and the, and the structures aren't aren't ready for it the heaters aren't built to push out that many btus so it, it they just can't keep up so f for us um like you said all the garden centers here were kind of we're kind of built for it and but it is tough to extend your season when we do get those cold spells so 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 again we, we can push the zone we can push things ahead a bit but we do have to be careful um 
where, where we're going with it because it can change so quick. So you can only push Mother Nature so much. We can we can get it going a bit, but you can't push it too, too crazy. But I'm going to take a break. And if you'd like to join me after that, phone lines are 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I think we're only like 27 days to the first day of spring. Now that I said it again, I do remember saying that. So uh, can't wait. So excited. It's the best time of the year. Let's go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Merle. How are uh, you doing today? Well, really quite good now that it's warmed up. <laughs> next yeah, thing it definitely know, feels better. Oh, next thing I know, it'll be March, and I'll get my March madness thing when I. <laughs> by March, it's it's longer days, and and I'm out checking the garden to see if any of my my perennials are coming, and I'll do that two or three times in a day, and I think, man, I'm I'm as mad as a March hare. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. it, it's. It it is nice though. Like I said, I was just out in Vancouver this past week, and and there the all the buds are just starting. Tulips mm. and daffodils are just starting to poke through the ground right now, so it, it, it's kind of interesting, um, just how quick it's coming, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to it as well. So yes, well, you know, you talking about your your white plant pots, yeah. Um, Last year, I was a little short on pots, and I took a, an ugly plastic pot, and I sprayed it with white, like an, an enamel white spray, yeah, yeah. and put a, just a plain green ficus in it, fiddle yeah. leaf, you know. Yeah, the that, ficus, yeah. Oh, yeah. it is beautiful. Uh, just, I agree. Like, the oh, white is so nice. It just made that plant look so much better than it had looked in the other pot. And yeah, thought, and like I said, six years ago, I couldn't give away a white pot, like honestly, because <laughs> in Florida, it was super hot, so all the a lot of the pottery guys go, oh, you got to buy white, you got to buy white, and I go, yeah. oh, I can't give them away. Like, I honestly, I couldn't even, I don't know if people associate it with snow, but man, oh man, I, I, agree, I agree with you. They look awesome. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, so what 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 else do you need any help today? I actually don't. I'm I'm just uh well no, I'm I'm okay. You just but wanted to chat? I, I just wanted to tell you about you know, the, the white. If anybody that's listening, you take a a plain green plant and put it in a white pot and you're gonna fall in love with that plant all over again. <laughs> Absolutely no, and I totally agree. And actually, I, and I put this silver one in. It 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 has it looks just like a shark skin, and yeah. it's called a silver sword. It's a type of philodendron, and oh. I put that in the same white pot. But it, the texture of it, I just I kept looking at it. I walked by it in the greenhouse. We have a few of them, and I just I couldn't resist anymore. It just had that looks just, feels just like a shark skin, like that really yeah. smooth. Yeah, so. Anyways, thank you so much for calling, Gene, and oh, uh, glad right. you like the white pots. <laughs> I do. Take care. 
All right. You bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a bit of time here. I'm going to go to Robert. Good morning, Robert. Hi there, uh, Meryl. How's it yes. today? I'm doing awesome, actually. Yeah. And yourself? Paul from Lethbridge here. I'm having oh, nice. a hard time uh, growing African violet plants. I bought some a couple months ago, and uh, they were healthy as heck. And um, I know you're not supposed to water in the the crown, like, uh, but the plants I have, they, they lost their blossom now. What would you give me some tips on? Um, one thing, and if you, and if at any of the garden centers down there, if you can get a, one of the, the self-watering pots, they love that. Like they just thrive in it. Okay. So that would be one. So that's one of the ones it's a pot sitting inside a pot. Oh, okay. So you fill the, you fill the reservoir underneath it with water. They're usually little clay or ceramic pots and then it soaks up into the clay and then oh, that okay. way you're not getting any water on the leaves. Yeah, they don't like any water on the leaf at all. Oh, okay. So uh, the, the trick is to get the water from the bottom uh, yeah. to the plant. Okay. okay. Absolutely. And, and they like a fair bit of sun. They do like fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 15, something with a higher middle number. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and usually they should be pretty easy. And they will go through a blooming time and then they'll stop. But once you get them in a good cycle, they should give you a pretty continuous bloom yeah so uh, the leaves are nice and healthy and everything but the blossoms went and obviously i because i overwatered them or something open the yeah clock, and just but, uh, yeah and just let them dry out in between waterings because when you squeeze the leaf if you if one of the if you did take one of the leaves off and you squeezed it oh yeah it, it actually there's quite a bit of water in it they're almost like a succulent oh okay. so so just uh, they can dry out in between waterings a bit. So so just make sure you don't overwater yeah. them. Oh, okay. And, if, well, well, thanks and that'll good. help ensure that the blooms last longer as well. Yeah. So. And I'm, I'm also looking at uh, I've got a, my mom's old um, Christmas cactus. I, I I've, uh, you know, yeah. it must be close to 60 years old. And um, I, I just oh, wow. transplanted it a couple of years ago into a little bigger pot. And uh, it's doing not too bad, but... Uh, I guess the trick on them is not to overwater them either, eh? Just let them yeah, dry out. Yeah, they're a type of cactus, and keep them in the same spot. If you can get them in a good sunny spot, um, they love that. And mine bloomed actually almost three times this year. It bloomed at our Canadian Thanksgiving. It bloomed quite early, and oh. then it bloomed at Christmas, and now it's just it's blooming right now. So oh, coming okay. up a bit before Easter, it's supposed to. But uh, but I just keep it. It's in a south window. And I do fertilize again with that same one, that fifteen thirty fifteen. Oh yeah. And so if you get some of that, you'll be good for all your flowering plants. So well, thank you very much for the tips. You have a good day. All right. Yeah, Thanks, bye-bye. Robert. Yep. Bye bye. All right. <laughs> and if you want to join me after the break, phone lines are open, four oh three nine seven four eight two five five. I'm gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I think I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Brad. Good morning, Brad. Hey, Merle. How's it going? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I have two quick questions. I hope I can get them in. Um, I live in Cochrane, and the back of my house faces southwest, so it gets pretty hot in the summer. Yep. Uh, the backyard, I should say. And yep. A couple of years ago, I planted... Um, some purple leaf sand cherries, 
Okay. And um, they were quite tall when I planted them, like about four or five feet. And they have never really taken off. Like they just kind of survive, you know? Yeah, purple leaf sand cherries, they're one that have a bit of a hard time too. They're not my favorite plant. I find you get a lot of winter killback on them, dieback. And in typically for a lot of shrubs, especially if you're starting with a, a larger one like that when you transplant it, you really gotta ensure that you do that slow, deep watering, get the get the root ball wet all the way down to the bottom when you do water. Um, because when you plant a big plant like that, and if you only water in the top half, it, it loses a bunch of the root ball below, <laughs> so it can't sustain the top half. And that's—I'm just assuming that's probably what happened. Because um, I see, yeah. it, I see that when people plant big plants, they just don't water deep, like slow and deep, like put the hose on, let it just soak in really slow, like like for an hour on each one, just a slow trickle, so it gets down the whole root ball. Yeah, that's um, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, because if you water like with your irrigation system or just a little bit on top, that's that's going to be a bit of the struggle. So if you if you are starting with big ones, um, that will. So what you can do this spring is if there's any dead stuff on it, just cut that back and put the hose on it and just soak it right down to the bottom, and uh, and give it a good shot of fertilizer like twenty 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 something like that. That'll I'm, help I'm, give it a boost. Like one of my questions too was, I wonder if if I should just replace them because um, they don't seem to. Yeah. They, like I've given them like two full seasons now. Yeah, and, they, they and usually the out. third one is when you get the good one, so you can leave it. But I, I myself, I would start with a uh, Diablo nine bark or or any of the nine barks, like the the wine series like there's so many nice nine barks that give you that purple color. You get the white flowers and they grow like weeds, like they're fast growing, but you still get that crimson color, which okay. you're looking for. So I would, uh, I myself, I would switch to that because I just remember they, those other ones, the purple sanitaries always get lots of dye back and stuff. So, Oh, okay. I, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thanks for the, um, yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you had one more question. Yeah. Um, I also planted, I made the mistake of planting some uh, false spireas. Yeah. And they've been, <laughs> and I didn't realize how much they, um, they sucker, right? Yeah, they're very invasive once they get grown, yes. And I have a, I planted them up against a retaining wall with some nice dogwoods and some ferns, um, which is a really damp area. And they just really suckered and starting to choke out my ferns and, and things. So I wanted to actually just completely pull them out. But I'm wondering, the question is, like, the roots that are left in place, will they continue to sucker? A little bit, but they're not that invasive. They're not – and they can be contained fairly easily. Like, first thing in the spring, if you want to just do some root pruning close to it and shrink it up, it, it is fairly easy to do with those. So if you get a good sharp shovel and just go in about six, eight inches or something and, and just trim around it and you can, you can shrink it up that way. Oh, okay. Um, but, but yes, when they get going, they are invasive. They do need that maintenance or they're good to plant in clusters. Like if you plant three to five of them together in an area and they, that sort of helps keep them together a little bit more. So, Okay. I'll, um, no, that sounds good. I'll try and do some root pruning in the spring then. 
Yeah, and like I said, and if you want to replace that other one, like the with a Diablo Nine Bark or the there's like I said, there's four or five different red ones that you can get in the Diablo family. Mm-hmm. And uh, or or the sorry the nine bark family and mm-hmm. they they I just prefer them to the to the purple sanctuary because you can keep them pruned like as a hedge as well they make an awesome hedge oh, okay. or if you just want to let them go to five six feet tall they'll give you that as well so oh perfect yeah alrighty yeah thank you very much all right thanks Brad have a good bye-bye. one bye bye. All right, and I think I'll read a couple of texts, and then after the break, I'll go to Susan. And uh, what do I got here? I have a tall row of Saskatoons, about 15 years old. They have produced for a couple of years. Can I cut them down to about four or five feet, or will this damage them? Um, it, it will. They don't, they don't like being pruned a ton like that. Um, you can trim off the top, like sort of the six, eight inches of the thin stuff. But if you take them down, um, th- th- it opens them up for a lot of disease. And I, I wouldn't recommend it. Like it, And you won't get near the amount of fruit. But if you take six, eight inches off the top, you're still going to get a bunch of fruit. And it'll help thicken them up without getting into that deeper wood. Because if you go down to four to five feet, you're going to be cutting in probably one to two inch um, or not probably one inch caliper or fairly thick branches and it opens it up for a lot of disease. So it, it this will, it'll be, it'll be the start of a bunch of problems for you. So if you want to just trim off the top a bit and that'll help thicken them up, keep them well fertilized and water and you get tons of Saskatoons, which is an awesome thing. But right now I'm going to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and four degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. The Calgary Police Homicide Unit is investigating the death of a man whose body was found in a restaurant parking lot along the Cloud Trail Friday night. Jackie Wilson has the details. Calgary Police homicide detectives are investigating after the body of a man in his 30s was found outside of the Massage Lounge and Restaurant on McLeod Trail Southwest Friday night. EMS says a call came in around 11.20 p.m. for a man in medical distress in the parking lot, but when they arrived, he was already dead. On Saturday morning, police were combing through snow, searching for evidence, placing more than a dozen markers at the crime scene. This was the second time in three years someone has died outside of a massage restaurant. Calgary police are asking anyone who may have witnessed something suspicious at the restaurant between 10.20 to 11.20 p.m. Friday to contact them. Jackie Wilson, Global News. 21-year-old Blade Crow died on Thursday after being struck by a vehicle near Chinook Mall. He was walking with his girlfriend and her one-year-old daughter who both survived but sustained serious injuries. Crow's mother, Lorna Pantherbone is still in shock over the death of her son. Everything I see today I keep remind, keeps reminding me of him, you know, because he left stuff here. You know, I found his T-shirt today in my closet and I just hold it. What am I going to do? He's never going to be here again. Crow had moved to Calgary last year. His girlfriend Aaliyah had lost her 16-year-old sister in a car accident a year ago and now her boyfriend. Pantherbone remembers her son as a caring, good stepfather and says they will be taking care of Aaliyah and the baby. 
Hundreds of people gathered outside the Remand Centre Saturday afternoon in protest of the arrest of Pastor James Coates. The Grace Life Church pastor was supposed to be released on bail Wednesday, but RCMP say he refused to agree to conditions. Coates was fined in December for violating public health orders. AHS ordered the church to close in January, but services have continued. The protesters were not following social distancing measures and many were not wearing a mask. Coates is due in court again on the 24th. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden are set to meet face-to-face, sort of. They'll hold a virtual meeting on Tuesday, a little over a month since Biden was sworn in. Trudeau's office says the leaders intend to discuss shared priorities, as well as efforts to address the global COVID-19 pandemic. Some bones of contention include Biden's cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline and a stated intention to pursue Buy American policies. A Calgary pet charity is hoping to take its approach to helping kids keep their furry friends across Canada. Melissa David, the founder of Parachutes for Pets, has been providing subsidized pet care, including food hampers and medical treatment. She says she has heard from social uh, social agencies across Canada saying it's not just a problem in Calgary. This was a huge need. There was tons of, of horrifying circumstances where children are are forced to give up their pets when they really need as much comfort and as much familiarity as they can get because uh, they could be going to a new home. They could have lost their parents. They could be sick and something's happened and their pet um, either has to be surrendered or euthanized and, and it just blew us away. David has enlisted the aid of Michael Backlund from the Calgary Flames who will be urging people to donate to a program called Lily's Legacy, named after his dog who died last month. Global News Sky Tracker weather today's high 8 degrees, conditions clearing in the afternoon, dropping to a low of 2 degrees tonight and clear conditions overnight. Then tomorrow we're seeing plus 5 with a chance of showers. It's 4 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. That first hour just flew by. Got a text here from Deanna, and she has a rosemary bush. We get a lot of people try to bring those inside, and they just, um, a lot of them don't do well, except for one of our callers and uh, uh, Pat. He has great luck with his. But I see them more often than not, and I think some of it is it's, if they're, they like to be in a clay pot, they like the roots that breathe. If the pots you have them in don't have any drainage, I think that um, does them in as well. And uh, yeah, it's a hard one. So, so Deanna, you have lots of uh, dead sticks. I would cut all those off. And the ones that are alive, you can just cut them in half, and that'll help bush that out a bit. But by taking off all the dead stuff, you won't be wasting any of its energy towards it. And uh, so I would uh, I would try not to water so much in a big pot like that. Probably going to water it uh, every couple of weeks. Let it dry out, especially. And, and the watering will go increase as the days get longer. But going through the wintertime, like there's no reason the plant can go a week or two weeks for the most part without any water unless it's right in this right in the window and it's going to dry out really quickly like that but i'm going to go to the phone line and we're going to chat with susan good morning susan hi good morning i have some greenhouse questions 
Okay. I'm getting one built, and right now I've designed uh, two of the growing boxes. One is on the ground, and one is raised uh, okay. to counter height. Is 18 inches too deep? No, definitely not. It's really hard to go too deep for the most part. Like, if anything, you go too shallow. Uh, 18 inches would be the shallowest I would recommend for a garden, like for a raised garden of any kind. So, okay, good. Yeah. All right. Cause no, you're, you're on the right track there. So. Perfect. And what kind of soil do you recommend? Like I'm starting from um, scratch, so I have How nothing. big – and this is in the green – and how big are the bit, bins? Um, one is uh, – the ground one is 36 inches wide, 10 feet long. Okay. And the other I one would, is 12 feet long and 24 inches wide. And what do you want to grow in there? Like mainly – Mainly like, tomatoes, green beans, vegetables I can't grow outside – and then annuals. Okay, um, I would just I would just go with our like a soilless mix, like like our spruce it up all purpose mix. Um, that's what I put in all my raised beds, unless they get really big and you're growing them outside. Um, and if you want to grow some root crops, then I'd add some more like real soil. Okay. But for inside like that, in the greenhouse, I would just use the soilless mixes. It just you'll you'll see a huge difference. It holds water really well. The roots are able to grow quite quickly. It's easy to change out. So after a season, you kind of want to remove a third of it and then replenish it. Um, so for most of the crops, you're talking like tomatoes and 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 all those like peppers and things like that. Yeah. They love the soilless mixes. So you, they just they just thrive in it. So soilless mixes. Yeah. So most of the potting, like if you had, like I said, like something like our spruce it up all purpose, it's been blended. I have, we put zeolite in it. We have all the great nutrients already mixed into the soil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that, that would be awesome for all your raised beds like that. It works really, really well. And, uh, and I just wouldn't use like real soil from outside cause I find it's too heavy for a lot of those things. Okay. And, uh, so, and, and it'll just, it, it'll do wonderful for you. So. All right, and um, I'm looking at a drip irrigation system for okay. the boxes. Um, is that probably my best bet? Um, it is. You just got to be careful um, if they dry out all at the same time or each section. If they're big enough like that, the amount you're going to have to water is going to be minimal. Like, you just don't want to keep it all wet all the time, and you want to oh. get water down deep. So, um Myself, I would I would just water it with a hose if you have the ability to do a hose because it's only going to be like every two or three days you're going to water. So okay, because if they're that deep, it's going to hold the moisture quite well, especially with that soil. And that way, you can water nice and deep and get the water down, and then you can let it dry out in between waterings, and then water it really well. Um, okay. I just find sometimes the drip system. Um, it, it, I just find because when you're growing tomatoes, peppers, some other stuff, you're going to get different water needs too, and one side of the box will dry out quicker than the other side. Uh-huh. So, so you you want a bit more control on it, and plus, you're going to want to be out there. And if you don't have watering to do, you're going to get bored. So, <laughs> I hate yeah, for well, that to happen. Quite a bit of money saving right there. Well, I, I would try it and just see how it goes. Like if you find it like, oh, my God, this is so much work. But out in the yard and stuff like that, drip systems are awesome. But in yeah. a smaller greenhouse, like 
that's what you want to do. You want to be there and pottering. You want to you want to feel the soil. You want to touch it. So that way you're you're kind of in tune with what your plants are doing. And and I would definitely water it by hand myself. And that's my favorite part of the day is when I get to come home. And even at the garden center, sometimes they think I water when I'm angry because I see stuff dry and then they see me watering. <laughs> but I love it. Like that's – I grew up with plants with a hose in my hand. So that's some of the best time for me. Like it just gets you to zone out a bit and you sort of get in touch with your plants and you see what they want. And, and, Do I have to worry uh, about overheating the building? Yes, definitely. So you need vents. Um, mm-hmm. Too hot is not good. They love airflow. So oh, some of the vents you can get have those, um, they have a temperature-controlled heat vent. So when it gets hot in there, it automatically opens up, and then right. when it cools off, it'll close. Just be careful where they get located. Um, you don't want it right at the same height as your bench, because sometimes on those warm days, like even like yesterday when, it, when the sun's out, it's going to heat up your greenhouse. But you don't want that cold air blown across your plants because it'll fry them. Right. So you, you'll want a roof vent or you want your vent up higher. Okay. Because our air is still like ice, right? Like, so it's, it's, it's quite confusing because our sun is so strong here. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing when – like I took over a, like a big greenhouse. Of, like this is like 15 years ago. I, I looked after a private estate. And they had these vents on the front of the greenhouse. And they would open up and it would blow cool air right across all the benches. So the first thing I did is screwed those shut, changed it to a roof vent because it was freezing all my plants. So it was a big job, but it, it makes all the difference. So Okay. So I should – if I'm going to put uh, vents, put them up on the peaks. Yeah, definitely. All right. And a uh, little airflow, if you put a fan in there, is great just to draw some of the cool air. Yeah, I'm off grid, so. Uh, nice. Well, you I can do a little solar. It's amazing doors. the little battery packs, too. Yeah, open the doors. Good old fashioned airflow is good. Just have one on one end, one on the other, like a vent yeah, on one side exactly of your door. That's exactly what I've got designed right now for airflow. Is there two doors on either end? Yeah, perfect. Good. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And uh, if you need anything else, just let us know. And and just uh, start with good soil. And uh, are you going to heat this as well? Uh, not year one. I'm going to learn okay. how to do it year one and perhaps heat it next year. No oh, dice. Nice. All right. Well, good luck with that, Susan. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's always fun. And uh, like I said, if you get too automated, it, it's it's too much. And, and your soil will really tell you a lot with your plants too. You want to sort of keep an eye on it and, uh, and let it dry out in between watering. Sometimes if you have it on a timer, uh, your plants will get unnecessary water just because it's Tuesday or whatever, or if it, cause it's three o'clock and if it was cloudy for the week, you won't be using the water. So you, you want to have control of that as much as possible. And where are we at for time? Got a little bit of time. I'm going to, um, I'm going to do a couple of texts here. Hi, we just moved from Calgary last July. Bought a house that has roughly 30 different plants in the backyard, ranging from roses to apple trees and everything in between. I'm relatively new to this kind of gardening upkeep. Is there somewhere in Calgary that I can get advice, perhaps guidance on keeping everything looking great and healthy? Thanks, Michael. Um, absolutely. You could join the Calgary Horticultural Society. Um, there's great things there. Um, 
Also, if you if you if the trees look like they need some work, you can book a an appointment with our prune it up Mark, and he can come through and give you advice on that and and get them cleaned up for you the first time, and then give you some maintenance tips to keep them up. Um, but the Hort Society is a great one. Watch what you read online because a lot of the stuff isn't relative to our area. So is uh so yeah join the Hort society that's one i'd recommend they have lots of good newsletters and i think they have a, a talk on that as well so um give that a try and see how that goes and if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines are open 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 i'm going to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Gardening and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Merle. It's Jerry. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm just um, thinking about starting my sweet peas um, at the beginning of the next okay. month. And I'm out of soil totally. I, what I want to do this year to put them inside the house is I thought, you know, those big um, buckets that you put under your bed to hide stuff? You know, big plastic yep. sliding buckets. They're about <laughs> oh, okay. four feet yep. by two feet. I was thinking about those this year instead of all my little containers in the in the basement. And I wondered, I'm out of soil. I was going to get one of the big black uh, gold ones, black gold or whatever, yep. something like that. But I'm wondering, am I better to go to a soilless soil or a super soil to start um, in the house? Not really, and with not with sweet peas, okay. and um, they they prefer a little bit more of the real soil, but because the, they don't like to get too hot. Okay. So um, I, I would just if you if you can mix some in there. Where are you going to put them outside? Because I know Diana, like a lot of times, she likes to put them directly outside if if it's thawed out in the right spot. Well, I start mine, and then May first, I stick them outside in the soil around yeah. then, right? Yeah. So if you do them in a big container like that, it just are you going to be able to to move it around, or are you just going to pull the plants out from there and, and yeah, then move I think, them? Yeah, I, I haven't thought that far, but I was thinking because I never have enough space in my pots once they start growing. Like I just think I never have enough earth underneath them to make them do what I want to do. So this way I thought I'd have them contained and yet they'd have six inches to grow if they wanted to. Yeah, you just you just don't want to start. I I wouldn't like to start them too early. Okay. So if you put them out May 1st, I, I would start them beginning of April. Oh, and that's really? going to give okay. you a, okay. It just because if they get too long and leggy on you, they're, they're, they're miserable, right? Okay. Like it's, but how many times can I clip their heads? Like, uh, if I start pruning the first one that comes up, can you prune them more than the one time? Uh, I believe you can, but I don't think you want to do it a whole bunch. Right, okay. So probably once or twice, but they're ones that the longer they're inside and that as it warms up and warms up, they don't like it, right? So well, they I prefer... Have, I do have a greenhouse that I can move them to once it starts getting Okay. And that'll keep enough. it cooler. But yep. then, as you say, then I've got to move them with that heavy bit. But so what soil, so do I, if I order a big bag of the 
gold now, yeah. it would just be like a big ice cube, would it not be? I wouldn't be able yeah, to get and into we, it. We, we have bags of, of actual soil like at the store, so okay. you could use that as well. Okay, so, so it's warmed up already. It's indoors. Yeah, I don't yeah, have to worry about one. Yep. Okay. So, and what would that soil be called? Um, you could probably use the three-in-one mix. Is probably one of the better ones that okay. I would use. Okay. And so, is that is that a is that a soil? No, that's got soil it's, in it. It has soil, compost, and like peat moss. It's a mixture. Okay, so a three-in-one. And yep. then um, the other thing, I would you? I heard the sweet pea lady say the other day she wouldn't soak them. No, she doesn't. Yeah. Which is weird. I always soak them. And no, last year was the first pe- year I did the inoculant, and it was, I think, fairly su- successful. Yeah, and they can't, we can't get the inoculant. No one's making it anymore right now, so oh, we've, okay. we've had a real hard time getting it. So Okay, okay. But you would still do that? I, I would, yeah, I would still put the soil. If I had the yeah, and just put them in. Some people like to soak them overnight, like just for that 12 hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I don't think it does any harm, so... Okay. Okay. All righty. Okay. Can I ask you now one more thing about cutting my lilacs? Not yet. Sure. Eh? Not yet. Wait. Uh, well, no, right now, if you're just cutting dead, damaged, or diseased no, branching. Cut it right. I mean, they've got to be 20 feet Right high. down to the ground? I okay. Just, you're I gonna... just think it's time to clip Rejuvenate? them back. Well, I can't reach them anymore at all. Yeah. So you're going to take them right down to the ground? or? Well, is that the best, or can I do them up high? Can I do them at waist height or at. No, well, you can, but it just opens up for a bunch of disease sort of thing. Okay. If there, if there's lots of dead in them, I would just take them right down to the ground. Just and let take them, them right grow down from on, the a four, on a 45? Yeah, just right down, just down to four to six inches off the ground. You can go straight across. Okay, okay. All okay. right. Okay, thanks, Merle. All right, have a good one. You bye-bye. too, bye-bye. All right, I think I have time. I'll take Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. I wonder if you can help me. I have my daughter's ponytail palm. And okay. The bottom of the leaves are turning brown. Um, On the very tips, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's fairly normal. Um, a lot of it is just the dryness over the winter. In Calgary area, you'll see a lot of that, like on yuccas, the the big dracenas, the ponytail palms. Um some of it is a little bit of salt buildup in our water because it's quite hard mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it's just a lot of it's just humidity that's dry at the tips. So just get a pair of scissors and just you can just cut that little bit of brown off. Oh, um, okay. And they'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, right. it, it's okay. pretty normal. Doesn't sound like you're doing anything wrong or. It, um, and I wondered too if it was in a big enough pot. It's about twenty inches tall, probably from the dirt up to the top of the plant. And I have it in a pot that's about 11, 12 inches in diameter. Okay. Yeah, you probably could use a little bit bigger pot, like go to a like a 12 or a 14-inch pot. But other than that, you should be good for quite a few years after that because they don't have huge root systems because they, they utilize that big, like on the bottom of their mm-hmm. stump, it's quite big. And that's where they store a lot of their water. Like they're yeah. used to growing in the desert, where the, in the sand, where they don't need big roots. So mm-hmm. they store the water in that big stump on the bottom. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I I kind of thought that might be the case, but I don't want to put it in too big a pot, or I won't be able to move it. Yeah. So if you if you go to like a, a fourteen or a sixteen inch, should be fine. Okay. And and then you should be good for years to come from there. I'm hoping maybe she takes it back. 
<laughs> well, after you do all that hard work, she'll probably take it back. Then you'll put yeah, it into some nice, put it into a nice white pot, and then she'll say, "Hey, I got to take that back." <laughs> no. um, there the you go. Was, can you propagate um, the, the the little plants, the little? Plants? Yeah, when they if they sprout out the bottom, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it. Well, at the top, there's probably six or seven now, um, almost separate plants at the top of it. Yeah, so if it was cut and it and it's and it goes off, yes, you could cut those off and just pull the like you want to expose about an inch of the of the bark on it or sort of half inch or at least and then you can stick that into the soil and it should start roots from there. Oh, okay. You don't have to put it in water or anything. Well, that sort of right into the soil and keep it fairly moist and oh, okay. it it will it'll root fairly quickly that way. Okay. Right. All righty. I have it in an east-facing window. Is is that about right? Yeah, it does like a little bit more light. It depends how big and bright your east window is, but that would be the very minimal. Um, they are a sun-loving plant, so they do prefer a little bit more light. Yeah, it's a bay window, so they, they do get a okay. in the south as well. And and how should I fertilize? Um, just a 20-20-20, just a good all-purpose is great. Oh, okay. There you go. All righty. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank help. you, Joyce. Yeah, thank You're you. welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hi. It's mostly cloudy and four degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Calgary police are investigating the suspicious death of the man whose body was found in the parking lot of the Massage restaurant along McLeod Trail Friday night. Anyone with information is asked to come forward. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden are expected to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic and the close economic ties between both countries as they meet virtually this week. It'll be the first face-to-face meeting of the two leaders, although they had a lengthy phone call just days after Biden was sworn in. Today's high, 8 degrees. Conditions clearing in the afternoon, dropping to a low of 2 degrees tonight and clear overnight. Tomorrow, plus 5, the chance of showers. It's 4 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and just a little shout-out to Richard down in Lethbridge. Just sent a picture. He's building these little mini greenhouses uh, in his uh, wood shop there. Looks awesome. Nice work. And then I'm just going to touch on amaryllis more right now real quick. Got a couple texts on amaryllis. So once it's done blooming, um, it should start sending out a bunch of leaves. So just let it grow like a house plant for like four to eight weeks. Let it grow for a while. And then, and also during that time, you want to feed it with a high middle number, like a 15, 30, 15. And that will help build the phosphate up it back into the bulb to give it that power it needs and the nutrients to bloom again next uh, Christmas. So then what you want to do is after about eight weeks, just start to stop watering and it'll just slowly die back and everything will shrivel up, cut off all the dead foliage and then store it into a box um, with some real, real dry peat moss or cocoa moss, something like that, put it into a cool, dark place. 
and then just leave it there. Um, so it won't freeze or anything, but just real cool, dark place. And then leave it till next, uh, whatever you like, October, November, and then pull it back up and put it back into a pot and uh, and let it go again from there. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help Hi. you? Um, I've got a problem. I have an asparagus patch that isn't producing. Okay. Um, how many plants do you have in there? Oh, it's probably a twenty-foot row. Okay, and it, what what are they doing? Just they're just not. They're, they come up very spindly, and not that many of them come are coming up. Okay, do you break them off um, as they come up? I usually cut them off. Yeah, and do they go to seed right away, or do you get? Um, are you getting quite a few spears? I get quite a few spears, but they're, they're not doing much like i mean they're very fine you know what i mean yeah so what i would say is you probably need uh, and i'm not sure if you're watering or fertilizing but i would i would probably water them a little bit more and try and like work up the soil around them and add a little bit of a soil amendment to the like a not necessarily a manure <coughs> but i would definitely add a compost or something around it Actually, and just loosen up around the soil most into the soil around them okay yeah like something like sea soil and I would just ensure it's getting just a little deeper water. Is it getting lots of light? Uh, is it in a shady spot or sun, full uh, sun? The pine trees to the south of them are getting taller, so they're not getting as much light as they used to. So that'll be a big difference as well. They need, uh, they do like full sun. They like it nice and hot. Okay. So either you might need to trim the tree or or transplant your asparagus where they can get that full sun. Also, beside them, I have honeyberries or hascus. Yeah. I haven't been pruning them, and they haven't been producing much. Should I be pruning them? Um, typically, you don't have to prune them to get them to produce, and those should be producing. Um, same thing. I would ensure that I feed them really well. I would add some 15, 30, 15, um, to, and you could add that to both of them because you want to build the roots up on those asparagus so that way it can able to spit out nice spears on top. So I would uh, I would look at adding some fertilizer to both of those, and is is the hascap more in the shade underneath as well because they like the full sun as well. Yeah, well, like I say, it's close to the pine trees there too. Yeah, see, and the pine enough. trees take a lot of the nutrients. Like they they're pretty heavy feeders, and they take a lot of the water. So I think that's probably going to be a bit of your problem. So either you got to look at the spruce tree or the pine tree. And maybe relocate some of your veggies to a spot where they can get the sun and the water for themselves. Because some of this stuff doesn't compete well against a spruce tree. They The spruce tree will typically win those battles. So, Okay. Now, Alrighty. I found I have a, a mountain ash out in some of the spruce. It's, and it's got to be about five feet tall. Is there any way you think I can dig that out and move it? Yeah, you can do it early spring. Like as soon as you can work the soil. Um, I would I would go in there and dig it out, have your new hole ready in a spot where you're going to have lots of room for it, and uh, and just try and dig it up into a tarp and then just drag it over without breaking the root ball up too much. And after you transplant it, you can fertilize with that 15, 30, 15 as well. Or if you, or if you have any of that mics, you could use that 
but the 10, 10 10 or 15 30 15 works great for transplanting as well thank you very much you're very welcome just don't plant it too deep and uh, and just say like i said try and get as much of the root ball as you can do they have a big root ball well, they can get, they just don't want to be too disturbed. So you want to make sure you go all the way around at least a foot and dig down nice and deep, at least 18 inches and pull up a big clump as big as you can. Okay. Thanks a lot. All righty. Thanks, Diana. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And right now I'm going to go to Diana down in Pincher Creek. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Merle. Isn't this great? Thank gosh we got through that cold spell. So It was um, cold. <laughs> oh, wasn't that bitter? Oh, yes. that was nasty. I spent more time putting clothes on and off than I did get any, getting anything done. Um, yeah. I phoned in because of the sweet pea question. As yeah, you no, know, no, I, I was, do. Yeah. So you're right on. Um, what a lot of people, I've had a lot of, you know, questions too, of people that want to start sweet peas in their basement um, yeah. just under a light. And, of course, a lot of them are not thinking about the temperature. Because and that's they they don't want to get warm, right? Because then they just no. get. No, they hate mm. anything above fifteen degrees. They usually will not germinate over fifteen degrees. You know, so um, yeah. So I just thought I'd mention that to people, and they do need to be cold and sort of growing them under lights in the basement. Just usually, unless they're supplemented with a little natural light as well, and kept cool. They are, they're going to get spindly. And that's the thing. And sometimes people just want to start too early. And, and you're really not going to accomplish anything by starting them way too early. That's besides it. them damping off or getting fungus or, or, <laughs> or just that's things it. like that, right? Exactly. And, and then people, you know, they want to pinch them off. But you delay the flowering by a month every time you pinch them back. So, so that lady was asking... To. Yeah, I thought maybe you could pinch it once, but yeah, you don't want to keep pinching them. They don't like it. So No, no. The last thing you need to do is keep pinching. They eventually go, okay, you don't want me to do anything. You know, they, they okay. don't handle it well. So, so. Yeah, no, in some plants, it's just better to wait. Like I, That's it. I yes. see some people want to start way too early, and and by the time you get it out to the garden... Like that's where, if you don't have a good strong plant to go outside that's ready for our wonderful, you know, We climate. still have to wait three months before we can put anything outside, like exactly. three full months. So um, we got lots of time to seed and do things. Um, but it's good to get out, get your seeds, get your supplies, get ready, because um, some of those sweet pea varieties and other things sell out quick. Yes. So, But get your stuff. Yes. If you if you want to grow some tomatoes or peppers or something inside, that by all means grow some peppers. Exactly. Um, but some of the stuff you're just better to wait till we get growing outside. And that's uh, it. Best best information ever. And as it gets warm and our days get even longer, things grow much quicker than they do even now. So we're all inspired. We want to do stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, get so, some house plants going. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Exactly. There you go. All right. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Just in, Merle, but thank I, you. I always, hey, I appreciate it because I'm not the sweet pea professional. I just know my mom did very little to them. She'd have them in a cup or a bowl, put them in there the day before. She'd put them outside and she'd soak them. She'd go put them outside and they always did super well. And but That's it. And 
So, but you don't have to soak them. Eh? You don't. You don't you soak don't. them. All the advice coming out of England says absolutely not. Or if it's really old seed, an hour or two is lots. Okay. So if you really feel that way inspired, I, I've given up soaking anything anymore because I did my own experiments with that. and It really it wasn't helping. Well. Yeah, it doesn't okay. help. makes us think okay. we're doing something. But I think the only reason they put it on sweet pea <laughs> seed packets is because they always have. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, thanks, Diana. Thank you very much, Merle. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk, Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to do a quick text and then I'll go to the phone lines. Um, hi, Merle. What's the proper way to put raspberries to sleep in the fall? And anything you do in the spring. This is my first year. They were planted spring 2020. So you should be able to see um, when you put them to bed in the fall, you just want to make ensure that everything gets watered in well. Um, you can put a little bit of compost, some stuff around it, amend the soil in the fall. But what you want to do right now, like sort of when we head in just before we get things going in spring, and you can do it now on these some of these warmer days, is just say you want to look at the two different types of branches. You'll see the two different colors, sort of a brown and a gray. And we want to cut out the gray ones, the real older ones. So that will ensure it'll send out more new wood and and it'll produce wood or fruit on last year's wood. So that's the, the probably the best thing. Feed them with 15, 30, 15. Um, they are a heavy feeder. And just ensure you have a lot of space for them because they do sucker out on you. So if you, if you water them well in the spot they're at, they'll tend to sucker a lot less. So, so give that a shot. And I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to chat with Louise. Good morning, Louise. Good morning, Merle. Hi there. I hope I haven't made a mistake. Last fall, I planted bulbs, but I planted them in planter boxes that we actually got from you. I'm in an apartment building, and these are up on the 18th floor. So I planted okay. these bulbs, and I covered them well with mulch. And I'm wonder what I'm wondering is, when do I take the mulch off, and do you think they'll grow? Um, there's, there's a good chance if they stay frozen, they'll be fine. Um mm -hmm. And this, when it warms up, you'll still you'll see them starting to. <clears throat> when it starts warming up here, you can you can brush it away, um, some of the mulch. But you just don't want to open them up too early. Too early. Okay. And and once we get into March, sort of closer to the first day of spring, you could probably start giving them a little bit of water, and just okay. uh, and and go from there. But I I've done some stuff in pots before. A lot of times. If you do it in a pot, if they dry out or they thaw out, is sometimes the demise of them. Oh, well, these are in, the, in uh, big planter boxes. Okay, you should be well. They should oh, be fine. Oh, I hope so. And when right. should I start some tomatoes in the house? In um, if you want to start them in the house, I would, I would again, look about mid-March to April. And that's still lots of time, because if you did it beginning of April, you still have April and May before they can go outside. Great. Okay, Alrighty. thank you very much. And you have You're a welcome. Good day. Thanks. Thanks, Louise. Bye-bye. You too. And also, I had a text earlier, and I, I'm not sure if I responded, um, about lemons. When do I put my lemon outside? And we just got a whole bunch of lemons in and limes. But I, I put them mine outside on the deck 
first of June typically and full sun and it just loves it out there. So um, I love pushing those things outside that the bougainvillea some of the houseplants I put outside for the for the summertime. You got to watch um, sunburn on them. But the lemon tree seems to be able to take it, no problem. So, so you can give that a try. And I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Ken. Good morning, Ken. Hello, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Uh, two things. Um, we planted squash the last two years now. The plant grows Kay. great. You know, we pinch it back, we get no fruit. Okay. Not, not even flowers. Ha. Huh. Um, lots of sun. Lots of sun, full sun. Okay, in a vegetable, I would maybe in a not, vegetable garden. Okay, maybe not pinch it back. Like, well, then um, they grow. It grows like five or six foot diameter. They grow <laughs> huge. Yeah, but if you're not getting any fruit, I'm just wondering why you're not getting any blooms. Like, it doesn't make sense unless you have no phosphate in the soil at all. Like, uh, again, maybe try to fertilize like with a fifteen thirty fifteen ten fifty two ten something like that or maybe have just too much nitrogen in the soil and it's just okay. sending lots of growth so well, that brings depends me to my if second second question okay. two years ago we changed the soil in our garden we took out the top 10 inches or so and brought in uh, bulk garden so garden loam yeah and it is clumpy Okay. Like all of a sudden the potatoes, they don't grow very large. You know, the beets aren't quite as big as they should be. Uh, okay. I believe, I believe the soil is, is like it compacts too much. It's, it's, okay. it's not enough. Yeah. And, and that is the problem sometimes even with the, with the loam from our, from our areas here in Calgary. There's lots of clay. Um, we have a really good product called Green It Up soil enhancer it's a it's a mix of compost manure that we pull off the racetrack it's it's a horse manure uh-huh. and it's it works really well as a soil amendment for veggie gardens so um and you could add that to your soil and just mix it in uh, maybe some more zeolite if it gets really clumpy if it's real hard like that uh-huh. uh, maybe add a bit of zeolite but you just it sounds like you just need a bit more organic matter in there yeah, would uh, peat moss help? Peat moss would help. I just find it disintegrates so fast, though. Like, and uh, so I, I prefer the hemp or the cocoa moss. Like, we sell the cocoa moss cubes, and it works out to the same size as the peat moss. It's a little coarser, and so it doesn't break down as fast. I just find peat moss just breaks down so fast. Like, it's sure. uh, it does, yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I, some of these more renewable resources too, I like them better than our peat bogs ripped up. And yeah. wherever possible. So I like the kokomos. The hemp is really good, but it has a bit too much nitrogen in it for some of the stuff that you're trying to get flowers and, and things. So you you want to you want to concentrate on the soil. So I'd even add some of our lawn fertilizer maybe to that, to the sixteen thirty two six. You can add that right to the soil and that'll help with your blooms as well. Okay. Perfect. Alrighty. Thank you very much. All right, sir. thanks again. Yep. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to do one quick text. Got a question on doing cuttings from geraniums. So so typically if you have your geranium in the house, what I would do is take off about 10 to whatever, 20% of it. Just cut it back a couple inches. Um, pull off all the blooms, 
And if you did that right now, it would be great. And then let it send out a bunch of new growth. So in the next two to three weeks, you'll get a bunch of new growth. And when they're about an inch long, two inches long, you can cut those off and you'll see the little nodes on the stems. Just take off the branches. You only want to leave one or two leaf sets on them. And uh, and then just pull the bottom bottom leaves off, stick it into a rooting hormone number one, and you can go right into like a two inch pot or a four inch pot, and uh, and just water it in. You don't want to keep it real real wet, and then you also want to use a product called seedling and and uh, seed seed and seedling starter. It'll help prevent that rot off, that damping off on your seeds, and it also will help do that for cuttings as well. And just let it root, and and you'll be amazed at actually how fast it goes. So you, you should be fairly easy to do that. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. Yes, good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Okay, uh, Merle, we have a Saskatoon shrub. Okay. Only, only 15 feet high, and we like to trim it down. What, what's the best way to go about it? Um, so what do you what do you want to achieve? You just want to get it lower, or do you just want to keep it at a certain height? No, we want to have it lower so we can pick the fruits easier. Okay, so um, what I would do is you could probably take maybe two to three feet off it. It's just you don't want to take it down. You don't want to be cutting too many of the real thick branches because um, then that just will open it up for disease. Um, so if you, if you take some off the top – like sort of go six to maybe a foot off the top where you're still in the fairly skinny branches, that'll help thicken it up and get it growing more from the bottom. Um, that will definitely help. If you do take it down deeper into the deeper um, branches, it'll probably be okay for a couple of years, but it, you'll find that you'll just open it up for a lot of disease and different things that way. So, mm-hmm. all right. Okay, do. Thank Thanks, you. Ryan. Bye bye. All right, and I'm gonna try and squeeze in my last call. We got Harry. Good morning, Harry. Yeah, good morning, Merle. I have been given a orchid about a year and a half ago, and it had uh, three or four blooms on it. And over the year and a half now, the blooms are all gone, but it grew a couple of green leaves, and it had a couple big green ones about six inches long. And, okay, uh, but I can't get it to flower now. Okay, did you leave the big stem on that when it was blooming? Did you leave that stem? Yeah, it's got a stem about sixteen inches high. Okay, no, and that's good. So what I would do is just ensure you can feed it with some fifteen thirty fifteen again, um, the flowering fertilizer. Keep it in a good bright spot, and and you should see it. And if you water it sort of every couple of weeks, that should be more than enough. Sounds like you got the the good stuff going. The leaf, the foliage is all doing well. But I would just add the fifteen thirty fifteen, and if you do that every couple of weeks. Um, you should hopefully see some blooms fairly soon. Now that the days are going to get longer and the sun's coming out a bit more, you'll see you'll start seeing that bloom. Oh, okay. It needs more light. All right. Eh? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Merrill. Thank you so much, Harry. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and that's it. Thanks for everybody for calling and lots of texts. Um, until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on seven seventy CHQR.